Hello, my dear. Hello, how's it going? Good. I was thinking that uh, we sure like to live on the edge, you know? <laughs> what do you mean? Well, this is episode six. We're 12 weeks into this thing, and we're still recording the night before it's posting. Yeah, you're right. I guess that is living on the edge. I don't well, know. Maybe we're just procrastinators. It sure is imperfect, huh? Yes. <laughs> you picked a great title for us. <laughs> Hello, I'm Chuck. And I'm Ellen. And this is Imperfect Family, where we try to pursue biblical, theological, and creative ways to uphold the supremacy of God in marriage and parenting. This podcast is mostly unscripted, and it's just the two of us trying to work through and talk through issues that Christian families might face. Today's episode is The Dream Team. All right, I came up with that title right on the spot. Yeah, that was amazing. We were trying to like put one together and it just wasn't <laughs> clicking. And all of a sudden you said that and I like stopped what I was doing and looked at you like, oh my gosh, that was perfect. Perfect. Okay, so what are we talking about today, my dear? So I want to talk today about um, something I've just been noticing in myself in our family. And that's just um, the importance of you and I presenting a united front as parents. And I mean, the reason it was on my mind this week is I wasn't doing that well. And I kept catching myself like questioning you in front of them in discipline or um, making excuses for them at certain times. And I was like, man, this is such a sin struggle in my life. And it's very prominent right now. So let's just take some time to kind of work through it. Um, I think today we'll end up being a little bit more practical than maybe we've been in past episodes. I'm hoping it will. Um, but yeah, it's just been really prominent on my mind this week because it's been a massive struggle. Cool. So. That's great. So the goal last on the last episode, we came out with really no definitive conclusion, but the definitive conclusion of this one is after we're talk, done talking, we'll be the dream team basically. Yeah, exactly. Great. All right. I'm curious, uh, what, like name one specific example from this week. Cause I don't, I don't even remember. So it's, I wouldn't say it's anything specific. I don't want to get too nitty gritty in it, but things like, you know, if the kids are being a little too rambunctious or something like that, and I have told them like, hey, you know, you need to calm down or something, and they're not really calming down, um, certainly not a make and break issue, but then you come in and you're just harder on them than I was, mm. rather than being like, oh, he's got my back here. Um, you know, he's trying to back me up and support what I'm doing. I then more quickly turn to you and I get like protective of the kids. And I'm like, you came down on them so hard. Where like in reality, you're just trying to back up what I had told them to do. And then all of a sudden we're not presenting a united front because I'm protecting them rather than you and I being like, hey, we told you to calm down. It's time to calm down. Nice. So my first question would be, Let's do like the most basic question we can ask about this. Why is it important and why is it worth talking about two parents presenting as a united front, specifically in front of the children? Yeah, I mean, I think it comes out in pretty obvious ways of, you know, we are a team. Um, we are married and like my loyalty, first and foremost, aside from my loyalty to God, of course, but like within our family, my loyalty, first and foremost, is to you. And like that's the front that, we have and so that's what needs to be presented but also if we're not presenting that like we're just creating this culture where 
the children manipulating us is just okay and it's mm. going to happen where like they know like hey mom's more lenient about this or dad's more lenient about that and they're gonna play us against each other as they get older and a little bit wiser and i don't want that culture in our home yeah and i think this is a super common thing that happens in typical families with more than one child or even with one child i would assume this week um i went on a little trip and when i came home um i just hit you with like some things that were on my mind and one of the big things that i was just really thinking through while i was away on this trip by myself getting some schoolwork done was this idea of one flesh in a marriage like the passage in genesis where it talks about a man and a woman shall come together and they shall be one flesh right and um so it's cool that bouncing off of that now we're talking about it in a very specific way in front of the children yeah definitely i remember i had taken this class a, a while ago about marriage and about family and i remember the specific story that didn't feel relevant to me until this week when i noticed this coming out of my own heart and i'll keep it brief but more or less um the son in this family had finally gotten his driver's license and mom was so excited to not have to like chauffeur him around anymore and like within a couple of days of him getting it he broke some rules um i think he like broke curfew or something and dad came down on him very hard and was like listen you're not driving for the next six months and so mom's sitting there conflicted of like oh my gosh now i had to drive him around again but her duty in that role was she needed to back up her husband and then later in private be like hey do you think maybe you came down too hard on him you know let's maybe revisit this conversation but in that moment of hearing the story it just didn't click to me but then this week when i heard myself being that person who wasn't backing you up i'm like oh my gosh like i see the importance of this like even if i do think you're being too hard on the kids or you're not disciplining in the same way that i would at the end of the day, they need to see that I have your back and you have my back. And we can have a private conversation later about how the situation was handled. Yeah. Okay. So then break this down practically for us, because I think one of the immediate, not objections, but just reactions to what we're talking about would be a lot of times this um, not presenting as one team, as the dream team, as one flesh whatever you want to call it, is going to happen in the moment. Um, and so how can a married couple um, work towards being on the same page when it comes? Because I, I always see this happening a lot in, in the form of discipline, like in the moment discipline. Are you have something else in mind when you're talking about presenting as one united front in front of the kids or do we want to stick to discipline? No, I think that's what I was getting at. But I think, you know, so that it's not a reactive thing, a couple, and we have this certainly is, you know, they need to have in place what is the discipline method in our home. So for some families, that's spanking. For some, it's timeout. For some, it's a combination of the two. Whatever it is, you need to be united on that. Um, but then you're right, like in the moment, is it is going to be reactive of, is this a spankable issue or is this a timeout thing? Gotcha. Um, and I think that's where I struggle where, you know, you might send a kid to timeout way earlier in a scenario than I would have or the other way around. And that's where I'm like, oh, my gosh, you're being so hard on them. And for some reason, it just triggers my compassionate side towards the kids to see you discipline them, even though I discipline them as well. But watching it happen to them, 
I tend to get more defensive of them instead of backing you up. Sure. So, okay. So you're saying like step one in working towards being a, being better at uh, unity in front of the kids would be be on the same page when it comes to um, discipline and our parental reaction to discipline, right? How we dish it out, so to speak. Um, what behaviors would entail what discipline, right? For sure. Yeah. And I think that for me, I was talking to a friend of mine about this yesterday. And I think this is just like such practical advice that like in the moment, you and I could have just like a little slogan that we say to each other. That's just a reminder of like, hey, have my back right now. So their little thing that they said is, hey, same page, same team. And like that sends no overt signals to the children of like, hey, we're having a little bit of a conflict right now. But it's just like this small verbal reminder of like, hey, I don't love what's going on right now, but like we're on the same team. I have your back. I like that because a lot of times there's going to be situations where you go off the script where even if you ha are on the same page about about discipline and, and how much to give and when to let off the gas, um, it, it's going to go outside of that because it's a judgment call in the moment. And one parent might have had a really long day where they said something 25 times to the kids and the other parent just got home from work and they're like, why are you coming down so hard on the kids? Um, and so having this, I don't know, is it weird to call it a safe word? <laughs> <laughs> same page, same team or whatever your little slogan would be is actually, I like that idea. That's, I think that's super practical. Yeah, it's something that we don't currently use in our family. But when my friend told me this, I was like, oh, that's like such a good idea. Like I need those just like little cues between you and I of like, hey, we are united. Like let's get through this moment and then we'll talk about it later. All right, so far the the example that we've put in place to talk about unity, husband and wife, one flesh in front of the kids, um, has been in the area of discipline. And I think that's okay. Like practically, that's probably where it's going to come out most. Where's like, give us another example of where disunity can happen um, and how we could work through that. Yeah, I think a big one could be... Um just like systems that we have in place, which I'll talk about family worship because that's something we've talked about on here before, where like our family knows that this is just like a fundamental part of our day and like we don't skip it for the most part. Like it would be a pretty rare circumstance, but like there are days, if I'm being honest, where I get to the end of the day and typically this is something that happens right before bed and I'm like, I just want to put the kids to bed and like end the day and that would be such an easy thing to skip and I think that if if you and I were not to present a united front of like, no, there is value to doing this, where one of us is rushing them to bed and the other one is like, no, we need to have family worship. Like that's sending such a mixed signal to them of like what we value in the time that we spend in our day where I just like want rest. But like really, where is our rest coming from? Is it from yeah. sending them to bed or is it from worshiping the Lord sure. together? Yeah. And I think. I mean, we've talked about family worship, but I think, I mean, I think every family we know has just regular things built into their week. So one example might be going to church on Sunday mornings. Like this is a shared family uh, value. This is what we do on Sundays. And the parents, the, the husband and the wife presenting as a united front that this is what we value together. I think 
presents and enforces strong values within children. So it's not so much even like the long-term effects of seeing one parent constantly undermine the other parent. It's the other side of that is, um, is seeing how a husband and a wife can present strong togetherness, oneness, towards values that the family holds above everything else. They're not going to break it. I mean, could you imagine if week after week, dad said, um, I worked really hard this week. I would really rather just sleep in on Sunday morning. And mom says, no, 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 honey, this is what we do on Sundays. We go to church. We need to show the kids that it's important for us to go to church. And dad says, oh, okay. The, the disunity that that presents in front of the children immediately shows that the value that the husband and the wife are supposed to be upholding together isn't worth it. Yeah, I think it all goes back to, I mean, there's so many cheesy quotes out there on Instagram and whatever, but I think they're also true of like, you know, your actions speak louder than words type thing. And I think that that's exactly what you're describing is like, if I'm telling you that going to church or spending time in community or, you know, X, Y, and Z are such important things, but then one of us is excited about it and one of us is like, uh, this again, like that's just not following through with what we're teaching them. And I think you're right. It, it's just both of us rallying around what really is important in our hearts. It's just living that out in front of them together. So far, we've, as we've covered this topic, we've kind of jumped all over the place. I and mean, we talked a little bit about discipline and some things we could put in place to fix that. We've talked about family values. How could you, how would you wrap this all up for us? So I... You know I love reading blogs and things like that. And so I feel like that comes out a lot on here. Like, oh, I read this blog post this week. But that, <laughs> that's what I did. Um, so I was reading this. And um, one of the things that it says, and I think this is just spot on, it says the most fundamental task of mother and father is to show God to the children because children know their parents before they know God. And I think that's just so important is like we need to just be so introspective of like, who are we? What is our relationship with God? And in that, what is our relationship with one another? And how are we presenting that to the kids? Because at the end of the day, that is our task is to show God to them. And I mean, think about Christ's relationship with church. Like it's not this broken, disunified thing. It is like he died for the church. Yeah. And even, even in the same way, I heard um, one of my professors talk about this one time about how the unity that a husband and wife have in marriage is reflective of the unity of the Godhead. There's different persons, there's different personalities, um, but there is one God. Um, there is one flesh in a marriage. And so um, I like that quote. Kids know their parents before they know God. That's true, um, but that puts an even bigger burden, heavier burden on parents um, to reflect the unity of the Godhead in the unity of their marriage. It's amazing. Yeah, definitely. I love how that all just tied together because it felt a little sporadic throughout, but it I, did. I feel like it kind of tied, hopefully everyone else thinks so too. It did. You know, it is what it is. We're doing it on the night before, so <laughs> yay. <laughs> Gonna keep bringing that up, huh? So write this down um, because I think, you know, we talked about unity and one flesh in terms of just presenting husband and wife before the children, this can be applied in a huge amount of ways. Um, you know, I, 
this one flesh idea. Like, I would love to talk with you about how much do we apply this to our marriage? Like, how much is overboard? Or is there no overboard with the one flesh idea? Stay tuned for that conversation. Yeah. Yeah, I want to think about it with you. Definitely. Well, did you bring me a question today? Of course I did. Um, this is an interest. This is one of the most interesting ones on the whole list. Your face just lit up like I've <laughs> never seen on this podcast before. So I'm a little nervous. Now. Yeah, you should be. I'm nervous to answer it. Okay, here's a question. Do you have any bad habits that adversely affect your health? Let me just say, I really appreciate the wisdom in asking this question because this is something that you could be dating, you could be engaged, um, and never know until you're married that you know your significant other uh, has a huge problem with overeating or stress. Yeah, this man, I can't believe this made it on that list of marriage questions, but I, I think it's a great one to ask before you get married. So um, I think it's extreme to say like adversely, but I'll answer it anyway. Um, I have been blessed, I guess, with pretty good metabolism. And so I don't have to work super hard to stay fairly thin. But I think that that comes out in an unhealthy way of like, I don't watch what I eat. I don't really exercise. And as my body is aging, like it is starting to catch up with me a little bit. And I wouldn't say I'm an overeater, but I definitely am not careful about what I eat. Um, Along with that, I am a stress eater where if I'm having a bad week, I really feel like I just like need an ice cream sundae or something like that. So. Um, I would say that it doesn't show itself physically, but it, it's more of like a mental struggle for me mm. than I think I'd like to admit. What about you? You still look good, babe. Don't worry. <laughs> My body is aging and we're just <laughs> rolling with it. Um, for me, I think, I don't know. I don't feel very unhealthy. Um, I think overall we're pretty healthy together. I mean, we're not like health nuts. By any means, we don't go to the gym. We go for a walk at night. That's about as healthy as we are. And we just eat when we can. I think for me, probably the bad habits that are bad for my health is just like, I am one to just take on things and stress myself out. And like 97% of the time, I can manage it. And I like to have a lot on my plate and I like to feel busy and I like to constantly shift my attention to different tasks and whatever but like once in a while you know it just comes crashing down and it shuts me down for like a good amount um and it hits me just with stress and i don't really get depressed but my mood changes and um i think i think i've never been good at knowing my limit um when it comes to just stress things. Yeah, I think for you, it doesn't, it's not like a gradual thing of like, oh, I'm starting to feel stressed. I need to back off. It's just like you're going at a million miles a minute and then the next day you're like not going anymore. <laughs> Tank's empty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you kind of have to like totally, it, it literally is like your car broke down on the side of the highway. You're out of gas. Like you have to walk to the gas station, fill it back up. Um, yeah, yeah. Cool. Thanks for sharing that. <laughs> so what's, uh, 
So, so we all. So now we've been reaffirmed that you love your blog posts. <laughs> What's the line you came across this week? I love my blogs. Discuss? I don't love my Twitter, and that is where these are found. <laughs> Ugh, Twitter. All right, so. <laughs> I am curious to hear how you're going to react to this one because I just can't land on how I feel about it. So um, it says it's it's not a mother's job to protect her child from evil. It is a mother's job to equip a child to be a light in the darkness. It like sounds so cutesy and it sounds good, but I just cannot get on board with this. It's not a mother's job to protect their child from evil. But it is her job to equip the child to be a light in the darkness. I would... Okay, I, I agree with the second part. I mean, of course, we want to disciple our children to take on a wicked world, right? Like, of but course does that mean do you that. Like, throw them into the dark and you're you like, good luck? Don't protect them from evil? Of course, I, of course you do. They're yeah. children. <laughs> I mean, I, I have heard... Um, I have heard this, like, um, my, ch- my child is a light in the darkness type thing. Um, and I, I get the sentiment, but I mean, we're young parents. Okay. Our, our oldest kid is six, so they're not really in a situation where they even know what wickedness is. Um, however, uh, I would disagree. I would I, okay, I wouldn't disagree. I would question the wisdom of um, a parent who said they're okay with sending their child as a light into the darkness. Um, only because it scares me already that we only have 18 years to disciple a kid um, before they're out of our home and they're out there. Um, I, I want to covet those 18 years as time to protect my child from wickedness and evil. Definitely. I think that, you know, if you think about it in the sense of like not protecting your child as in pretending there is not evil in the world and like just completely sheltering them from the fact that like there is evil. Like, I think I could get on board with that of like kids need to know we live in a fallen and sinful world. Um, and that is why we need to be a light in the darkness. But I think the way that this is phrased just doesn't give that vibe. It's mm-hmm. just like, throw them out in the world, they'll be a light and they'll be okay. And that's why I was like, oh, I just can't quite yeah. jump on with this. I, I want to like, like we do a lot of times, like I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. I think I know what they're trying to say. However, um, it just the idea that I could have a child in my house and I raised them in the faith for 18 years and after one semester of college, they have completely shipwrecked their faith uh, scares me to death um, that I wouldn't use this 18 years to protect my children from evil um, and, and do everything I can to raise them in the faith and not shield them from what's out there. Definitely. I love that you and I are on the same team about this quote. Dream team. (laughs) See what we did there? Oh, I didn't turn my buttons on for this episode. (laughs) It was a perfect time for a button. (laughs) Next time. Next time. have to cue them up. Yeah, I got to get my buttons ready. Okay, my dear. Um, This, I feel like this episode went from high to okay, and we ended on a low, because now I feel depressed about the burden of parenting my kids well. 
Well, I think you shouldn't feel depressed about it. I think at the end of the day, like we should be rejuvenated that we do get to do this together. We're not left alone. And like, we're so blessed that we get to do this in community with others in our church as well. It's true. Uh, I think 18 years with a lot of time on our knees, just praying that the Lord gives us grace as parents. Amen to that. Amen. I think it's a good place to end, right? Yeah. Anything else for us? That's it. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Uh, It's been good, and we'll see you guys in two weeks. All right. Bye, everybody. See ya. This podcast is part of Commuter Ministries. For more information about Commuter Ministries, visit www.commuterministries.org or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Commuter Ministries.